so many little words, so many little lies that have followed you all of your life. Looking for the truth, look into your eyes, and you'll see it's been there the whole time. Ooh, even when you were running, even when you were hiding, never been a moment that you were not perfectly loved when you barely believed it. When your eyes couldn't see it, every single moment you've always been perfectly loved. sing that. Amen. Sweeter couple. Bless you. Let's all stand and let's change over our service this evening as we come to hear the word. Amen. Amen. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes. 
words of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. To see you high and lifted up. Shining. see him tonight let's just look into his word it's good to be here on wednesday night right here in the middle of the week and uh lord willing we can kind of give you some words of encouragement i know we've got many needs to just back there talking to brother wade about all the different needs and there's a request come in to please remember brother darty um his i guess his youngest his baby daughter just passed yesterday and uh she was 47 and and uh so yeah that's my goodness just remember him um we're, tonight we're going to read from second thessalonians chapter two um again i think that was the scripture i was on last time and uh so yeah y'all remember us this sunday we'll be going out of town and then keep her there and in prayer he'll be going out of town and out of the country soon so um well, she'll be, well, she'll be thinking, thinking about you and praying for you, brother. Amen. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 to 8. Let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we're so grateful to be able to gather around your word, and we're so grateful tonight to have your word as a comfort. When all the troubles of life assail us, and this Satan just throws his darts at us, and things seem to go maybe not the way that we intended or hoped that they would go. Things take a turn for the south. Lord, we know that all things work to the good of them that are, love the Lord and are called according to your purpose. Lord, many, many times it things like, seems like things squeeze us a little bit, but we have confidence because your word says you'll never leave us. You'll never forsake us. You're always with us. I thank you, Lord God, for these promises that you've given unto us that are laying here in your word. And I pray, God, that tonight you'll just bless the word, Lord, that, that you'll help us, Lord, that you'll quicken it to us and you'll just feel at liberty, Lord, to move among us, Lord, and to open up these things to us and make it live to us so that it's more than just something laying here on the page, but it's something that will really spring forth and give us encouragement in the hour that we need it. We ask these things in your name. Amen. <clears throat> now, I, I want to take a, a, a little title from this scripture, to come and see and um, maybe it'll take me a while to get to that, uh, to get to that title in my, in my message tonight, but, um, Lord willing, you'll see why I, I titled it that. 
So we'll start at verse 1 here in 2 Thessalonians. Now we beseech you, brethren, <clears throat> in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, as that, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means. Oh, he's already talking about don't, don't let anything deceive you. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now see, that's where the Antichrist wants to find himself. Maybe not so much in the bar room or the honky-tonk, but right here in the religious, right here, messing with you. Let's <laughs> say it like that. Right here, poking and prodding at you. Remember you not that when I was yet, I, I was yet with you, I told you these things. And now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Now, think about that. He's saying it's already working. You don't see it. Maybe it's uh, uh, very apparent uh, right there in front of you, but it's working. <laughs> Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way, and then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth. Oh, that's a promise that we're all looking for. And shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. The Lord bless you. You may be seated. <clears throat> I thought I thought I was going to be cold tonight, but I'm just go ahead and take this. The weather's changing on us; it's getting chilly, but it's warm up here. <clears throat> now think about that: for the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth. Now, Brother Branham will explain, is he God that letteth, and this doesn't mean to that allow, that would allow, but that would prevent. There's something holding off the devil from being able to just spring fully into full manifestation. But now that's going to happen when the bride leaves the earth. Or oh, to think now that, that, you, the, that Christ is living in you and you are actually preventing the devil from fully springing into action and... and uh, Taking, taking full control of the world. Think what it's going to be like when the bride leaves. There won't be any Holy Ghost left on the earth. There won't be any, anybody that, that is a real Christian. There won't be anything left but the devil. And why would you want to be left in a situation like that? I, I think it behooves us to really, uh, you know, just constantly be checking up. And the, the, the hour that you, uh, you know, your situation and make sure that you really are born again. Because you certainly wouldn't want to be left in that kind of a situation. Right. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. So one day, one day we can see that Christ is going to step out of the way and then the wicked one shall be revealed. But the mystery of iniquity is already working. Now, you, you, oh, you think you think what the, what the mystery of iniquity that that antichrist spirit? There's a spirit moving, and what his goal is to deceive, to get you off of the mark, 
to get you off of the off of the track that uh, God well, God wants you to rely fully on His Word, Amen. to look to His Word for everything you have need of. Right. There's where you'll find peace and contentment and joy and 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 and, and, and all those the ability to forgive one another and love and all those promises that are laid here in the Scripture. And the devil don't want you to have none of that. So he's constantly he's constantly at work to try to deceive and try. What's what's he trying to do? He's trying to get you to doubt the weapon that God has given you, that God has given you, God has given you his word and the devil's constantly at work to get you to doubt that. And now isn't that true all down through your Christian journey? Think you, maybe you'll, maybe you'll get to a rough spot and things don't maybe go quite the way you, just like we were praying and, and, and the devil will begin to poke and uh, tell you, tell you things to make you deny or, or doubt the, the, the way that the word says it. Now, now this is what brother Brown said in the first seal. He said, we were talking the other day about people who getting off the track. It is just like shooting a target. If that gun is perfectly balanced, perfectly trained and sighted, it's got to hit the target unless that barrel moves or twists or vibrations throws it off. And wherever, or a wind puff. Now, now, really, that's what we're talking about tonight, that mystery of iniquity. Amen. Something to get that gun, to shake the gun. Something to shake a wind puff or something. Right. Something come along, and he'll just throw something at it to make you, to make you, is it really, is he really the right. same? Is he really with me? I don't feel like he's with me. Oh, but you can have confidence in the word of God. Just stay right with the word of God. And Brother Abraham said, wherever it starts off at, there's only one way to do is come back to where it left the track. Come back to where you stopped believing. Come back to where you got off the target and start again if it's going to hit the target. If it doesn't, why? It just doesn't hit the target. <laughs> and that's the way in studying scripture, I believe. He said, you'll never figure it with your mind. It takes the lamb to reveal it. The lamb alone can do it. Oh, to think about that tonight, that when God gives you a revelation, it's something that some man didn't do. It's something supernatural that took place in your life, that God opened up the book and showed something to you. And it's something that, so it's, oh, you just know that it's supernatural when God reveals it to you. And God is going to have a target hidden church. We've got a quick, why? Because we've got a lamb to reveal these things. We've got a lamb who has, uh, only the lamb was worthy to open up the book, but the lamb has made us worthy so that we can look into these things. And that gives us confidence to know that we're going to, God is going to have a target hitting church, a church that is balanced, a church that is unmovable, unmovable by the things that the devil can throw at it and say, well, I don't think God cares about you. I don't think this promises for you. No, because the word says it is, says it's mine. The words promised it. Uh, God is going to have a church that is true because she stands for the word. So what's our target now? Now, last time I think we were kind of talking about the target. The target is that capstone that we're trying to get to. The target is the seven seals. But let's kind of go even beyond just looking at the seven seals. The target is the seven thunders under the seventh seal. Now, Brother Ram said now in the, in the seventh seal, he said, now you, you notice on the opening of the seventh seal, it's also in a threefold mystery. This one I have will speak and I've spoke that it is the mystery of the seven thunders. Amen. Now I'm just kind of laying like just a pat, throwing the pattern out there so we can, so we can look and, and think about these things. He said under the seventh seal, under the seventh seal, it is the mystery of the seven thunders. And he said, the seven thunders in heaven will unfold this mystery. It will be right at the coming of Christ because Christ said, no one knew 
when he would return. So now you think about that pattern laying there, that like maybe maybe we'll lay it up against like the pattern of the seven church ages, seven church ages where all these loose ends, maybe, maybe you could probe and say, well, this, maybe I think this messenger is the right messenger for the first church age, but then at the seventh church age, a messenger come along to just tie up all the loose ends until there ain't no question anymore. Now hold that same pattern up that, that you can maybe, maybe you can probe and, and think, maybe you get a little glimpse at what the first seal is and you could preach about and, and all those things, but the seventh seal ends it all up. It's the end of it. So you, maybe there's some things that you can see in the first seal. Maybe there's some things that we can preach about, but when the seventh seal is open, it ties it all up so there ain't no question anymore. And then you can see the thing that was hidden under that, that maybe that curtain or under that tapestry that the masterpiece is hiding under. The things, the veil is taken off and you can see the whole thing there. So maybe you can say, we can say it like this, that maybe you can pair what you heard somebody say about the seals. Maybe you can just repeat it. Maybe you get a kind of a good intellectual understanding in your head about what somebody said about it. Maybe you can understand you heard somebody say that the first seal is justification and you repeat it after them. You say, well, this first seal's got something to do with justification and I'm repeating it after you. Maybe you know the seals technically. Maybe you know that it has something to do with one God and you can look and you can read that quote where Brother Randall said, my revelation of the first seal is that, the, I, that, that I'm standing here and the white horse rider goes there and you can say you can see where he's saying my revelation of the first seal is that it reveals one God and you can you know the symbols and you can have all of Brother Branham's statements memorized oh but the thunder is the voice of God to you the thunder is God revealing himself and revealing what that thing is and and not just that but making the thing live I'm talking about tonight that this gospel has got to be lived I, I think maybe if we could just get away from the notion that we can just know it and if we if we got enough understanding that we can just confuse somebody else and hurt somebody else's feelings and poke and, and prod and all those kind of things but somebody's got to make this gospel live and the thunder shows that it's alive it's alive walking on two feet in Revelation chapter 6 it said now, now think about this pattern that we've got here Revelation chapter 6 verse 1 I saw John looking I saw when the lamb opened one of the seals and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder. One of the four beasts saying, come and see. Amen. And Brother Brown said, no doubt John might have jumped up in the air when the thunder roared. The thunder roared and he might have, whoa, might have, might have scared him a little bit. And there, when the first seal opened, it sounded like a thunder. And we know what Brother Brown said. We, well, I'm, I don't think we need to go into all the background of the thunder. Is the voice of God speaking. And without a revelation, you won't understand. It's just like thunder rolling. But when you understand, you can hear the message that's being preached. Well, thank God tonight that you can hear, not just hear, hear falsehood, but, but you can rejoice when you hear something good being preached. I'm so glad that when something true, the truth is being preached behind the pulpit, I can recognize it and, and shout and give glory to God and something within my heart goes to burning when I hear something good being preached. Not just to be able to discern the, the evil or the, the, the wrong doctrine but to be able to discern the good. So when you hear the thunder and you can hear what it's saying, that's one of the greatest blessings that God can give to you to be able to hear his voice. But there's a difference between that thunder and the seven thunders. In Revelation chapter 10, verse 2, he said, And he had in his hand a little book open, and he set his right foot upon the sea and his left foot on the earth, and cried with a loud voice as when the lion roareth. And when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. Now, 
I just maybe want you to think about that. What would be the difference between that thunder and the seven thunders? There's a thunder that sounds, and then a little bit longer later, there's seven thunders. Right. You think now. You can probe and prod at all these things as they're kind of talked about. But one day, the whole full thing will be revealed. Amen. In Revelation chapter 4, he said, oh, we, how we need in Jeffersonville, thousands. Now, think, think about the way he, we know this quote. We've quoted it over and over. Thousands of lived voices. Not just somebody telling you about what they believe, but living what they believe. The thunder of God thundering out how? And sweetness and holiness, purity, undefiled lives, walking around in the earth today without a blemish. Now, now there's a thunder. Not just somebody that say, let me tell you what I know, but somebody that's living it out, living out a sweet, holy Holy, where they, they, they separated themselves from the things of this world. Now, that's where I'm going tonight. Right. Separated themselves from all the Netflix and all the junk and all the Tommy Rot of this world because they've united themselves in oneness with the word. They, they've, 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 they've just got away from everything that the devil's thrown at them until they're united with what the word says. Undefiled lives walking around in the earth today without a blemish. He said, yes, sir, real Christians. Now, that's thunder against the enemy the devil don't care how loud you can holler the devil don't care how you how much you can jump or how much you can do this or shout but what hurts the devil now think about this what hurts the devil how many wants to hurt the devil tonight now he said what hurts the devil is to see that sanctified holy life consecrated to god say anything to him Call him anything just as sweet as it can be and move right on. Now, there's a good test. We'll just throw, there's a good test for maturity, a good maturity test. So, oh, you see so many times somebody will disagree with somebody and you can just see a rile up. Well, you going to disagree with me? Somebody will, oh, but this, uh, there's a thunder, a thunder when you can say something or somebody can say something to you. And you don't, you don't rile back. Nope. Somebody can call you something. I don't even believe you're a real Christian. I don't even believe that you're preaching what, whatever. Unroll the list like one of Paul's yeah. lists. Yeah. Unroll it. Call him anything yeah. just as sweet as it can be and move right on. He said, oh, my, that throws him away. That's the thunder that shakes the devil. <laughs> What, what kind of thunder shakes the devil? When you take this word and it, let it be quickened by the spirit in your heart and in your life, and it becomes not just a lot of things that you memorized and a lot of statements and things, but it becomes alive, alive, walking around. There, oh, come on now. Let's, let's simplify what the thunder. I think sometimes we preach the seals and so, so much is, is something we, can't even, we think is beyond our grasp. But these are things that God has given us the ability to understand. God has... 
we, we were talking in the family the other night about, about this return ministry that says, well, basically they read what Brother Branham says and, and they say, well, I don't understand it. So nobody can. And what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to wait until, until Brother Branham comes back to give us, to give us another dose of what he already preached. Amen. Now you think about that. Think about what, why Brother Branham did not spend all those time, all that time preaching the first and second right. and all the seals and all the, all the messages. And then he said, if you don't understand the seals, go back to Christ, the mystery of God revealed. He didn't preach that and then expect us not to understand it. But he preached these things so that we could know, so that we could have rapture and faith. How is this going to give you rapture and faith? Because when you look into the seal and you recognize that you're not a bluff, that you are not a bluff, you recognize that your iniquity is gone. You recognize that the word has changed your life. You recognize that the true super anointing has come upon your life. Then you know that God is going to change your body because that is what will give you rapture and faith. You've got to have the seals. So the first seal. Oh, you think about this pattern of the first seal. If the first seal reveals the mystery of iniquity and how to get rid of that thing and what it is and how to boot it out and what it what does it, then the seventh seal thunder will reveal the end of the iniquity. So the seventh seal thunder reveals the end of the thing. It's gone. It's gone from my life. It's gone from the thing. And the first seal, Brother Brown said, all right, a thunder went off. John knew it was the voice of God. And then the lion-like creature said, come, see what it was and John went forth now with his pen to write what he was going to see and the first seal again he said remember a loud clapping noise of a thunder is the voice of God that's what the Bible said see a clap of thunder they thought <coughs> it was a thunder but it was God yes. he understood it for it was revealed to him see it was a thunder oh that's what the church is looking for is revelation Revelate, because when God reveals it to you, that's how you will overcome the enemy. When God reveals something to you, the devil will come. Well, I don't, I don't think that he's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if God's revealed it to you, you can say, I'm sorry, I've already, I've already been there. I've already had an experience with him. Uh, he's already revealed himself to me in the dead of the night when I was praying and seeking God and pouring through the pages. Sorry. I, I've already been there. I've already met him. Like Moses, when he went to the pillar, of, when he saw that pillar of fire at the burning bush, and we went down to Egypt with confidence then because he had met God. And sorry, sorry, Pharaoh, I've done been somewhere. I've got, I'm ready to take over because I've got an experience. Oh, you, you see, you see how the, the see. Look at this pattern. You could repeat to all, over and over again all the maybe the things that you learned in church about being born again and try to act and everything. But when someone it's really alive and you it's different now you can confess you can say you can say what the word says that's why god now look that 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 antichrist spirit is trying to pull us away from the word but god has called us to separate to separate from everything that's contrary to the word to separate from unbelief to separate from iniquity to separate from the world to separate from satan and god's covenant with abraham and his seed brother Abraham said the first thing when god calls a man he calls for total separation from the world Separate yourself, Abraham, as soon as he got his call. Now, now as, I'm, as I'm reading these quotes, think, think about that picture of the, sev of the first seal, the lion and the white horse rider 
and and that devil that that antichrist spirit trying to pull you away from the truth and what god sent to combat it think about that picture he said separate yourself abraham as soon as he got his call now here it is every christian in here that's born again when god called you called for total separation now what what that means is you've got to come to a place where that antichrist spirit don't have nothing to do with you that you bet it's totally been kicked out. That that's what the requirement is to get to get out of here to take a body change, and the white horse rider. What's it trying to do? It's trying to deceive you into compromising, trying to deceive you as poking and prodding and trying to get you to doubt the word, trying to get you to where you feel a little a little uh, maybe a tummy ache or something, a toothache or, or something, and you say, "Well, I'm not going to go to church today." Maybe your little cat gets sick, and you say, "Well, I'm not going to go to church today," and, and then you could just blossom that unroll the scroll and all the things that the devil wants to want you to compromise on but if you'll stay right with the word and say i'm not going to compromise with nothing i'm going to do what god said you watch and see if god doesn't bless you one day there's going to be a little small chosen call out people that god's going to bless them with a body change you see god wants separators he wants to separate that antichrist spirit from you so that it don't have nothing in you so that, oh, you see, God wants you to totally separate from the things of the world. You shouldn't have no trash on Facebook. Nobody should be able to look at your Facebook page and see a little bunch of nudity and a bunch of trash and a bunch of nonsense because God wants a bunch of separated people. He wants separated and called out people. You shouldn't need a bunch of trash to save your marriage. You don't need no trashy books to save your marriage and give you a better married life. You say, well, Brother Bob, I wonder if you're coming out after me tonight well why would it matter if I was chasing after you tonight you need to repent you need to get right you shouldn't need no trash of the world you shouldn't need an influence of the antichrist spirit in your life you don't need the world's entertainment you don't need nothing that the world has you don't need anything that that antichrist has now Satan is a faker and a deceiver what's he doing impersonating gifts and tongues and religion and churchanity <clears throat> I'm reading quotes here, but there's one thing he cannot do. He cannot impersonate that living, revealed word. He can't impersonate the word. Brother Rand said, now Satan can impersonate, it can interpret anything he wants to and impersonate any kind of a gift. I hope you're learning, but he can't know this. It's not even, he's talking about the seventh seal. It's not even written in the word. He can't know. Who think now the devil can't know a revelation. Even if you tell him what it is, he'll be like, I don't understand. The devil don't understand a revelation. So now what's, under, what's revealed under the first seal? How are you going to defeat the devil? How do you defeat? How do you defeat that antichrist spirit? You're going to defeat him with the word. And you're going to defeat him with a revelation, a personal revelation that God has given you. That's how you're going to defeat the devil every time. Satan can't understand. Satan can't apprehend. Satan can't comprehend revelation. He just don't know. So how are you going to defeat the devil? You're going to defeat it when the devil comes with his thoughts and his ideas. Then what you got to do is you got to be like a lion. You got to rise up and you say, like the like that the word that that lion represented, it is written, it is written, it is written. 
It is written, thou shalt not work, have no other gods before me. It is written, it is written just like Jesus did when the devil came to him and you'll defeat him. That's, that's how you drive out the devil from your life is you speak the word. Like we were talking about a brother the other night that was going through some hard times and, and the, the way I encourage the brother is don't say nothing. God wants an optimist. God wants somebody that'll speak positive things. Don't say, don't say nothing. Don't, don't speak anything negative don't say well i don't i'm not worth nothing i'm not worth this or that but speak what the word says and the word is going to be positive to you and paul was saying that faker that deceiver is already working <coughs> and second thessalonians what we just read for the mystery of iniquity doth already work only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way who he that letteth See, see, a mystery, the mystery of iniquity way back in that very church age here, which was what? Deceivers. You see, I'm just reading some quotes here, deceiving the people off into something. And Brother Brown would say it's a spirit working to deceive, a spirit working to deceive. Now, you see, that devil will maybe he'll get in somebody, somebody like, Maybe, maybe sometimes preachers sure. to say something contrary to the word. Right. Oh, you, that's because that's what the devil, the devil wants to do is just get right in amongst all the religion and all the churchianity. Maybe he'll get in some, maybe you're one of your friends <clears throat> to say something that's contrary to the word. I don't, I don't think you can have it. I don't think you can have that promise. And this is a problem so much. It's not so much that bar room or the honky tonk. Right, sometimes the problem is the pulpit. Yes. <laughs> now, now you think about resisting, resisting the devil. And Brother Bram, in the impersonation of Christianity, he'd say, if you'd see a spider in your suit, you'd condemn that restaurant and sit over at the Chamber of Commerce and you'd write it up in the paper. Now, I, I was just meditating on this today or this morning or yesterday, just thinking about how people do so many times. Now, think about what Brother Bram was saying. If you'd see a spider in your suit, you'd condemn that restaurant. And then you'd go write it up in the paper. Or nowadays, we go on Facebook or on Google and write a big review. I can't believe there's a spider in my suit. But um, so many times, people go to a church and they'll just let, Brother Brown said, let the devil cram anything he wants to down that soul of yours that's worth 10,000 worlds. To think about what a ridiculous statement <clears throat> that somebody would go, right. would get all irate about a spider in their suit, yep. but yet just put up with false doctrine, right. yep. false doctrine that won't help you defeat the devil, right. false doctrine that sometimes will just let, allow the devil to run roughshod over your life. Right. Right. And you see, what are we talking about tonight? I'm talking about that it matters what you believe. Right. It matters what you eat. It matters which preachers you listen to on the internet. It matters what you're consuming. I, I was listening to one pastor talk about somebody would come. This is actually a denominational pastor. He said people, will, uh, they'll have like a guest minister come in, and then it might take the pastor an, another three months to weed out of the congregation 
all the false doctrine that that guest minister preached there behind the pulpit if they're not careful. Why? Because if you're not careful, somebody could come in and throw out a lot of things that gets in the people's minds and gets to turning things. Why? Because it matters. It matters what you believe. It matters. It matters what you amen. You know, when you open up your mouth and you say amen, it matters because that signifies amen comes from that Hebrew word amana, which means faith. So when you say amen, you're saying faith. I believe what you're saying. Thank God for people that want to ruminate and think about something that is said over the pulpit. Amen. <laughs> That's why, you know, you know, really it, it, it kind of bothers me when I'm preaching more, not so much when people don't say amen, but when just people aren't interested. Because if you're interested, but even if you're not saying amen, as long as you're thinking about it, I, I just love to see people that are interested in the preaching of the gospel like you're doing tonight. That rejoices my soul. Thank God for a genuine gospel. Thank God for something without hypocrisy. Now, that's what that first seal is talking about, something without hypocrisy, something that's real and genuine. God don't want a meal with spiders for you. He's got something real for you that will give you real spiritual vitamins and strengthen you. But it behooves us to be on guard. We're influenced by spirits like that Antichrist, that mystery of iniquity. There's spirits that try to influence us and try to pull us one way or the other. Try to influence. (coughs) Brother Brown said in demonology, religious realm, he said Christians are influenced from above. The Holy Ghost influences his church in this realm of mortal. Now, every mortal here is influenced by one of these worlds. The devil by these spirits influenced men. The devil has his prophets and God has his. And God perfecting his church, he said, the sinner is influenced by a spirit because he has a spirit. And the wrong gives influence and the right gives influence. And those who are dominated with blackness and separation are dominated from the underworld of devils. Now, you think about way back at the beginning when in the book of Ezekiel when, when it said that, Look, thou art the anointed cherub. Thou was perfect in thy ways from the right. day that thou was created till iniquity is found in thee. Right. Way, way back when that war was first fought in heaven, iniquity is found in Satan. Iniquity. And he brought that war down to heaven and that iniquity. That, that's that mystery of iniquity that started way back there. And that same spirit, that same spirit is trying to influence. Yes. The demonic twisted spirit of Satan rebelled against God because iniquity was found in him. Now, what is iniquity? I know we're right here at the top of the hour. So far, so good. (laughs) What is iniquity? Iniquity is something that you know you ought not to do, and you do it anyhow. And Paul said there's such in the earth today workers of iniquity. What is iniquity? Why would anybody do something that they know that they shouldn't do? Now, y'all know, y'all probably remember last time I got to preaching on this. Why would anybody do something... That they know if if you know what if your mama told you not to go in the street when you're a little kid because the car is gonna come by, but you just you get all stubborn and everything and you go running out there anyway. Why would you do that? If if your mama told you not to go eat a mushroom, don't go put that berry off that bush in your mouth and and you know you're not supposed to do it. You, and yet you go run out to that bush and you go popping berries in your mouth and then you got to go take a visit to the ER, but you know you shouldn't do it. There's, there's, something, there's something broken up and twisted in the way that we're made. 
Now, you think, you think about that. I'm not really talking tonight about disobeying your mama like that. I'm talking about disobeying the word of God. Because when God's word says something for us, it's for our profit. You know, you, so many times we'll, we'll try to, you know, a young man or a young woman looking for a spouse. And so many times they won't go back and looking, for, looking at the word. They go look, look to their, what their friends say, look at every, any, everything else but what's good. Now, why is that? Why do we, why do we stray away from, 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 from what, we, what we know, and maybe even intellectually, of what's right and what's good, that God's word is true? <laughs> In Genesis chapter 2, when God told Adam and Eve, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now, why, why would Eve eat from that tree when God told her not to? She got to ruminating on it because that, that devil, the devil, began to tell her, well, see, he's doing, he's doing the same thing back then that he's trying to do today. Pull away from the word. Now, see how you can take all these seals and run it right through the Bible. That same, that same devil that's trying to pull you away from the word tonight, tried to pull, did pull Eve away Amen. back there very at the beginning. <clears throat> Why would anybody want to eat out of a garbage can? Why do people sit in churches and listen to stuff, listen to a bunch of Tommy rot? Why would anybody want to do something hurtful? Why would anybody want to put something harmful in their bodies? God, when God's plan is for you to be peaceful and contented and joyful and faithful. But Satan's plan is to twist and contort that plan into something perverted. So iniquity, you go back to Hebrew, the Hebrew is avon, which means twisted, to bend, twist, or distort. Like an old man with a crooked back, it's all twisted up because it ain't right. It should be straight. You should be able to walk straight, but avon means it's twisted. So iniquities are bending, twisting, or distorting of the law of God's word to different degrees. God's word says one thing, and iniquity is our twisted, perverted makeup by a twisted, perverted spirit that goes contrary to God. Now, maybe maybe right now you're thinking, well, this sermon's kind of, now we're getting technical. It's time for my eyes to droop a little bit. But now think about this. Think about now. There's iniquity. And you're thinking maybe, maybe think of it like this. I don't want no iniquity in my life. But God has given us a way to get rid of the iniquity, and that is revealed under the first seal. How you can get rid of iniquity. How you can get rid of it. Now, let's, let's dwell on it a little bit more. <clears throat> iniquity is something that you know that you're doing that you ought not to do and still won't repent of it. Now, there's the problem. You know, if you know tonight that you're bo- not born again, you know tonight, maybe, maybe you're sitting here and you know that maybe before you come to church, maybe you were looking at something on the internet you shouldn't have been doing. And you know that that's wrong. Maybe, maybe before you come to church, maybe, maybe there's somebody that just ain't living right. And they, they vaping, get, unroll the list of all the things that we could do. And you know that you're not doing right and you won't repent of it. Now there's iniquity. He said, Brother Adam said, God will not hear your prayer. If you know you should do it and won't do it, if you know you should go be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you won't do it, that's iniquity. And what about this? Here's the real clincher of the summation of it. If you know that you need to be born again and you won't do it, that's iniquity. Now, you think, think about now that has something to do with the first seal. You know that you need to be born again. 
And if you won't do it, if you won't let the word grip a hold of your life, there's iniquity. Amen. Iniquity is something that you know it's wrong and still hold into it. <coughs> when you know your creeds are wrong and you still hold to it, that's iniquity. You know better but won't do it. It's iniquity, see. In Psalm 66, verse 18, it says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Amen. If I know that I ain't living right, the Lord will not hear me until till what? I repent. Right. You got to make it right. Amen. Now, if you haven't made it right yet, tonight is your call. That God is calling you. Oh, if you could hear that thunder calling you tonight, the voice of God pulling and calling at your heart to say that it's time. It's time to repent. It's time. Let that iniquity be in the past instead of the present. It's time to repent because God won't even hear your prayer if you know you're not living right and won't repent. Now, everybody's guilty of iniquity. In Isaiah chapter 53, it says, all, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Now, there's how we're going to get out of it. Because we got a lamb who's worthy. And a lamb that can open up the book. A lamb that paid the price. And he's the one that all of our iniquity was laid upon him so that we could be made perfect. <laughs> Psalm 51, verse 5 says, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Amen. That you were, Oh, think about that now. That you were actually shapen, you were formed by your mother and father, knowing, although trace it all the way back, doing something contrary to the word of God. Because you're supposed to come by the spoken word, and you come contrary to that. So you're actually, your makeup is actually shapen and formed in iniquity, a product of that. And in sin did my mother conceive me. And that's why when you, you could tell a little child, don't go eat, don't go get some cookies out of the cookie jar. We're fixing to have, we're fixing to have supper. And he's going to go do it anyway because he was shaping in iniquity. So what's iniquity? Is that initial state? Iniquity is the, the root, the root of the problem. It's the initial stage of the root cause while sin, iniquity is that twisted part and sin is what happens after that. <laughs> oh, to, to lay it out a little bit, maybe even plainer, to know, to know that something's wrong and, and you're thinking, I'm going to do it anyway. There's the iniquity. And then you go do it and that's sin. To know that you shouldn't be doing it and you meditate over it. That's what I, I've always wondered, how people, people get, they get so far in the ditch and you think about if you trace it all the way back, all the thinking that they had to do to get to that spot. And there's the iniquity. I know that I shouldn't be doing that. Maybe uh, speak about, talk about adultery. That's a, a man and a woman that's married to one another and you know that you shouldn't be looking and going around with somebody else and you start thinking about it and before long, because that's what happened in the Garden of Eden. Before long, right, Eve had, I mean, uh, yeah, Eve right. had a baby in her arms. Right. <laughs> iniquity is that carnal condition of fallen man, and the mystery of iniquity is that spirit that got us in that mess. Yep. Right. And Jehovah Jireh, Brother Ram said, every man is deserving of hell, for you're born in sin, right. shaped Amen. in iniquity, come to the world speaking lies. There's nothing good about us to begin with because we're all products of what happened there in the garden, all trickled down from age to age. And iniquity is the reason for lies and theft and murders. It's why people are greedy. 
why politics starts off good and becomes evil. Yeah. It's the reason for corruption. It's the reason for exploitation, yep. right. for betrayal and oppression. It's that deep-seated, twisted, and corrupt nature. So what's the mystery of iniquity? The mystery of iniquity describes that something hidden or not immediately apparent. It is the underlying sinful nature or tendencies that are already at work, yep. that spirit moving, even if they haven't been manifested overtly. Oh, it's the thing right. under the covers right. that's working. Right. <coughs> and Brother Ram said, or he said that first stage, I'm, I'm trying to, now we, we, we're already past 45 minutes, so I'm trying, I'm looking for a place to start closing. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7, we just read, with the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who got, only he who now letteth will let yeah. until he be taken out of the Amen. way. That Antichrist spirit wants to control. He'll control the whole world. That Antichrist spirit will own everything and try to control everybody. You, you think about that. That Antichrist spirit moving until finally in verse 8 of Second Thessalonians, and then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, not this bride. Brother Brown said, not this bride because they receive not the love of the truth. Christ is the truth, the word, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. And Brother Brown said, the lie. What lie? The lie that thou shalt not surely die. The lie that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but that pleasure in unrighteousness. And there's that mystery of iniquity, that antichrist spirit that hides. What's he, what's he doing? He's hiding in the heart of an unregenerate religious man. And really nail it down what it is. It's an anointed one. As well as, as well as even after you're born again, the iniquity that continue to influence you continues to influence a born-again believer in their spirit realm after their conversion. <clears throat> like somebody getting caught up in false doctrine and then coming back. God will lead them back. Getting caught up in the seventh under doctrine or something like that, and then, then they lean back. Or talking behind somebody's back. When you know you're not supposed to talk behind somebody's back. Or looking at circumstances like Peter did, looking at the winds and the waves when you know you ain't, you're supposed to look at God's word Amen. or doubting God's promises like Sarah, like giggling in the tent. Yep. Oh, but God wants us to hold true to his promises. And God's going to have a church like that that's balanced and true. An antichrist spirit comes in the form of religion. I, I, I don't want to be churchy. I don't want to have no churchanity in it. You know, sometimes Brother Ram talked about how you can get one another's spirit. You can get the pastor spirit. You can get like a church spirit. But I don't want a religious spirit. I want, I want we'll say, the bride spirit. I want the spirit of Christ. And Christ is the word. You know, so anything, anything anti-Christ would have to be anti-word. So that means anything, anything that's off the word, anything that's not correct in its doctrine, would have had to come from the Antichrist. Anything you hold that is contrary to Christ is Antichrist. Anything, any doctrine that is incorrect is Antichrist. Now you think about that. And what are we talking about tonight? How do I get rid of all that false doctrine 
How do I get rid of that? You're going to get rid of it by the word. Amen. Word upon word, here a little, there a little, precept upon precept, adding up, building up little blocks in your life. Ye are built up as lively, lively stones. Ye are built up. The word being built up in you, and as it's built up, it's pushing out, pushing out everything, every influence of the devil. Because we're talking about the night influence. The devil could, maybe the devil's influencing you right now to, to think about that pot of beans on, or whatever. Think about that, that good food you got at home or maybe a good book you got on the, laying there on the nightstand you want to get home to or all sorts of things. And the devil's, the devil's constantly trying to pull you and influence you away from the word. But think about if you let the word get a hold of your life and the word begin to influence you. You think, you see what the word does? The word is like a, it's an avenue for the spirit to move and the spirit to have liberty in your life. As you believe the word, the spirit is loosed in your life. Now there's the recipe for how to get born again. If you want to be born again tonight, just let the word have liberty in your life. As the word is being preached, as you open the, the Bible, maybe there at night before you go to bed, open it up and begin to read through the pages and you'll say, well, I don't understand. I don't understand what it's talking about. But let slowly and surely it begins to have a grip on your life. And as you, something will strike as you read it and you'll say, I believe it. That's something, I know that that's true. And you watch if something don't come rushing in. It's a spirit loosed on your life. And you see that that same process just keeps unfolding and unfolding as the more word that you hear and the more word that you receive until finally it becomes a super anointing. And that super anointing unfolds and unfolds until finally there's going to come an anointing that will change the very molecules of your body. Now, see, see why that first seal is so important. I, I hope it's becoming plain to you tonight. The first seal reveals what iniquity is and what the mystery of iniquity is and how, how it reveals how do I give the devil the boot? How, how do I get that devil out of me, not just out of my soul, but out of my spirit, out of my whole being? How do I get rid of that thing? And the seventh seal unfolds until finally the, seventh, the, the thunder can be revealed, which reveals to you that it's gone. It's all gone. And, and that shows that you're going in the rapture. <laughs> in Luke chapter 11, think, think about the word being able to kick the devil out. In Luke chapter 11, Jesus said, if I with the finger of God cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man armed keepeth his palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he shall come upon him. When the strong man comes, when God comes to the house, he's going to kick the devil out. When a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, he taketh from him all his armor wherein he trusted and divided his spoils. The word is stronger than any devil. Oh, you want to have power over the devil in your life? Just quote, speak the word. Let the word have preeminence in your life. If you'll let him, Christ, if you'll let him, Christ will come and take over. You think about, think about though, to be anti-word, to be anti-word is to be anti-Jesus. To be anti-word is to be anti-Christ because the spirit and the word are one. If you are anti-word, you will have to be anti-Christ. And if it started in the first church, it will have to grow until the end when it takes over and it just becomes Satan eat, Satan's Eden. 
But God's going to have a little bride that allows the word to just take over and take over her life. One word off is antichrist. One word off is anti-word. But if you're just word upon word and you become the word as you hear the word until you are the fullness, all the bride together, the fullness of God made bodily. Now you, you see how you can just you keep repeating that to somebody. Don't you realize who you are? Don't you realize who you are? But when God reveals it to you, it's different then, isn't it? It's different than somebody just telling it to you over and over again. <clears throat> Look at that Antichrist spirit, a spirit working to come against the movement of the Holy Ghost. In that, in that early church age, the Nicolaitan spirit. And we're just kind of kind of maybe hurrying through some of these things here as we're about to close. But that Nicolaitan spirit, Brother Brown said, never mind what God's word says. You can't understand it. We have to interpret it to you. But you think about it, you can understand. God wants to reveal himself to you. Think about that Nicolaitan spirit coming against, coming against the liberty of the Holy Ghost yep. moving in people's life to make them think they couldn't understand it when you can understand it and you can have a direct relationship with God. He said they oppress the people by leading them into and binding them to organization based upon the creeds and dogma which they taught the people instead of the pure word of God. You know, it's the clergy's job to hold the word over the people. It's the clergy's job, the, the, the preacher's job to preach the word and, the, and then watch God do the rest. It's, it's not my job to make somebody repent. It's my job to preach the word and then God will, God will move on their heart and make them repent. It's not my job to make somebody be a Christian. I, I could beat somebody over a head with a rolled up newspaper all day long and it's not going to make them be a Christian. It's my, God to pre my, my job to preach the word. It's not my job to drag somebody to church, but you watch the God get a hold of them. And they'll be sitting there on the pew and rejoicing along with everybody else. It's our responsibility to preach the gospel and then to watch God back it up. Because that's what the word, the word, the word was given to us to loose the spirit in our lives. It's his spirit that's doing the work. It's the spirit that can change lives. It's God that blesses. But the devil has his false prophets. I'm trying to get to a place here. Trying to run through my Andrew Glover can do this faster. Skip through his notes. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not like that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, brother. <laughs> after the bride, I think now after the bride is taken away, that scripture we were reading, then this man of sin will reveal himself. The spirit becomes greater and greater until it takes over. But there's a little group that has packed away the word. They've got plenty of fuel to keep the fire burning. Brother Brown, and you know, when he was preaching pretty much all the seals, he just kept constantly referring back to the, to the foolish virgin. He said the bridegroom call went out in the seventh watch, and then the sleeping virgin come, rubbed her eyes, and said, suppose I ought to have some of that oil too, so maybe we'd better have some. Some of that, some of that word that will loose the spirit. The oil's the spirit. How are you going to get the spirit? The word. It's the same. It's all wrapped up together. And the real true bride standing there say, we have just got enough for ourselves. We just got enough in, to get in ourselves. We can't give you nothing. If you want some, you go pray up. Pray that God will reveal himself to you. There's a real true bride that has loaded up with oil because she knows what that's going to do. 
She's got a revelation of that power. She loves the word. She's in love with the word and she's, it, she, it, it's doing something in her life. So she loaded it up because she ain't foolish and she's made herself ready. But Brother Brown said the bride could go home and you never know nothing about it. He said, that's true. Somebody said, well, Brother Brown, that would be a mighty small group. If there was 800 winning the rapture tonight, yep. you'd never hear a word about it tomorrow right. or the next day or no other time. Right, he said, be ready, watching every minute. Quit your, quit your nonsense. Right. Just get down to business with God because it's later than you think. Right. Now, if he could say that back then, what can we say tonight? That surely it's later than we think. <laughs> that's the reason brother Brown said Christ has to stay on the mediatorial seat back there as an intercessor. Yeah. Just hang on with me just for a few more moments. We'll be closing in a minute until that last one comes in at the last stage and these revelations, then these revelations, then there at the last yep. of what had has been breaks forth upon the people and they see what happened. Now that's what we're doing sitting here in church on a Wednesday night. We're longing yeah. To not just see what happened down through the seven church ages, but to see what's happened in our own lives. Now there's what's revealed in the seven seals. When you look back and see what God has done, God, think about now that God wants you to see what happened. And that's what's going to give you rapture and faith. God wants you to remember. Remember all the crucible, the times of beating, the strange things that were said, the hurtful th things. Remember all the, your experience. Remember when you were first born again. Remember when you grew. Remember it just piling on. Remember how your character was changed to make you, to make you his queen. And that's why in Revelation chapter 6, verse 1, it says, And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, come and see. Yep. Come, come take a look at this. Right. Come and see. Come and see what God has made you. Right. Come and see how God kicked the devil out. Come and see how God kicked the devil out of your life. Come, come and see how Satan is a bluff. Come and see how you ain't a bluff. Right. Come, come and on. see how you stand for something. And Amen. when you speak the word, it actually does something. Yeah. Now, to think tonight about how if you're a real God-called minister, to know that the word that you speak will actually have an impact on people's lives because you ain't a bluff. To sit, see they're sitting there as, as a real born-again Christian, to know that you're really a real born-again Christian because God has revealed it to you, not just because somebody pumps you up and slaps you on the back and said a lot of good things about you, to, to know that you ain't a faker. Come and see, come and see God is veiled in your flesh. God veiled in my flesh. Come and see the mystery of one God. Come and look into the book and see. Come and see that mystery of iniquity right away. Now that's what, what do we want to see? Come and see the queen of heaven that's been made spotless by the lamb. Brother Ram said in the first seal, he said, some church today calls her the queen of heaven. The queen of heaven is the selected bride of Christ and she comes with him. And he started talking about that queen of Sheba, the queen of the south that would come up. She, she, found, she found what was really important in her life, and she loaded up camels and went on a long journey. Why? Because she knew that that word of God meant something to you. And if you can look back in your life and remember how the word first gripped you, right. 
and it kept gripping you and gripping you and changing you day by day. Just like that queen, when she got to the feet of Solomon and she listened to Solomon talk. Could you imagine sitting there and hearing the things coming out of Solomon's mouth? And she, my goodness, where, how does he know these things? How does, where did you get this kind of information? And that's just how you and I are when we turn on the sermon sitting there in our car. Maybe when we wake up laying there at night, you know, sometimes I come down in the morning, I hear my wife playing Brother Branham. And, and you know, it's, it's just like that queen of Sheba listening to, to Solomon. You hear the same wisdom because the same one that spoke through Solomon spoke through Brother Branham and is speaking, still speaking through his, through the ministry today. He said, not even a Jew came up with that generation that was Jews. They were blind and missed him. There that great queen humbled herself and come and accepted the message. And the queen of Sheba wasn't foolish. Now you believe, you believe tonight that that same one that spoke through Solomon, that same one is still able to speak? You know, in the book of Revelation, so many people get confused by that, that John actually, he bowed down to that one that said, I, behold, I come quickly. And he said, don't bow down to me. And so many people get confused by that. You, but you know, he said, I am of thy brethren, the prophets. And in the book of Hebrews, it says that God many times in many ways spoke through the fathers, through the prophets. And you wouldn't bow down to a prophet, but it was God speaking through them nonetheless. And that same God that spoke through Solomon, that same God spoke through Paul, that same God spoke through Brother Branham. You wouldn't bow down to Brother Branham or you wouldn't bow down to Solomon, but it was God th speaking through him nonetheless. And that same God is still speaking in this day, still speaking through a fivefold ministry. If you could recognize it, thank God that God has given us the ability to listen and to be able to hear and recognize and that it's not just a bunch of noise and not just a bunch of thunder, not just a bunch of clapping and rolling thunder, but we can hear the voice of God when he speaks to us. That queen of Sheba wasn't foolish. You know what foolish means? It means a decision or behavior that lacks good sense, judgment, or wisdom. And I tell you what lacks good. What, what I tell you what would make good sense is to follow after this word and cleave to it with everything that you've got. If you're not born again tonight, run to it as quick as you can. Run to it, and how how are you going to get born again tonight by the word? How are you going to get access to the blood of the Lamb by the word? The blood, the word is what gives us access to His Spirit. Brother Adam said, remember when that foolish virgin went to buy oil, when they come back, the bride was done gone and the door was shut and they knocked and said, let us in, let us in. Yep. But they were in outer darkness because they were foolish. All that time they were running around. Normally, you see, you'd have a lamp and then you'd have a little pouch that you'd fill up with oil. And all that time they were running around thinking that, they're, they, that they had, what were they thinking? Right. You don't have any oil in your pouch. Yep. You're not carrying it. Iniquity, yep. iniquity to know, and to know that you need to be born again. Right. You know that you must be born again. Amen. You must be born again. Amen. You must be born again. Right. Don't let the devil tell you you can't have it. Amen. It's your promise. Mm -hmm. As the musicians come forward, you must be born again. Right. I saw and behold a white horse. Yeah. And he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. Yep. This fellow that's mighty, mighty and is conquering power, 
But how is he going to conquer with no errors? You see, the only weapon that this guy has is, has, is his deception. He's trying to deceive. And the only way that you can combat that deception is by the Word of God. The Word of God drives out the deception. God bless you, saints. Let's stand to our feet and just worship the Lord. <clears throat> Sing it to him, and now if you have a need, we'll be glad to pray for you. Consecrate me now to thy service, Lord, 
by the power of grace divine. Let my soul look up with the steadfast hope and it will be lost in thine. Draw me near your blessed Lord to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me near near blessed Lord to thy precious bleeding side. Oh, the pure delight of a single life that before thy throne I spend. When I kneel in prayer, when with thee, my God, I commune and thread with that he's given us the weapon that we need to fight the enemy. That when the devil comes to you with all of his lies, you've got the antidote 
Now, you think about that promise that Brother Brown said that one day there's going to come somebody that the devil won't know what to do with. Why? Why? Because they took God at his word. And they just, they just stayed right with his word, and they separated themselves from everything contrary to God's word. Now, so if you're battling and you're struggling with things, just speak God's word. If God said it, if you're, if you're a born-again Christian and you speak God's word, then that's deity speaking, and it ain't going to fall to the ground. God's promises are going to be fulfilled. You love the Lord tonight? You don't have anything. Well, let's just pray, and then we'll be dismissed. Lord God, we thank you so much for all that you've given unto us. Thank you for your spirit, and thank you for your word, and thank you for bolstering us up when we need it the most, Lord Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that all the needy hearts, Lord, as they step foot out of this building tonight, that you'll just go with them and, Lord, help them, Lord, along the way. Lord, I know there's many, many, many battles being fought now, Lord Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that you'll just come upon the scene for each and every one of them, Lord God. Lord, maybe tonight, Lord, as the ones are just like I, I know I say it a lot laying there in your bed looking up at the ceiling, Lord, I pray that you'll just visit the ones that need it the most tonight, Lord Jesus. Visit us, Lord God, and remind us that you're with us, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness and for your touch, Lord Jesus. I pray, God, that you'll just guide the little ones, Lord, as they go home to the uh, driving on the roads tonight, Lord Jesus, as you'll just be with each and every one, Lord, and give them traveling mercies. Be with all the ones that are needed tonight, Lord Jesus, we pray in your name. Amen. God bless you, saints. You're dismissed.